This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Let's play rotation with this offensive line because if we were to compare who they put out there in the second half of the playoff game versus who they had in the Super Bowl last year, it'd be a real toss-up on who you would rather have. And yes. I'd rather have Jonah Williams out there. <laughs> I would too. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, when, when I did the charting, I was I, I, I want to go back. No, I don't want to go back, but I want to go back and just see what they were doing in those playoff games last year, because this is what it sounds like, right? Like you're doing over 50% of your dropbacks are quick game. You're taking a few three-step drops and just try to get a go ball off type thing. And you're going to take your very calculated shots with that five-step drop and a play action pass. So that is really the quick game, so much quick game. And Burrow couldn't hold on to the ball in that second half, it felt like. It felt like that ball has to be out when you hit the bottom of your drop because if you try to hold on any longer, similar to the sprint out play where he makes Roquan Smith miss, awesome highlight, that's great. They allowed a guy to get through (laughs) on the sprint out. So, like, that part's not great. Um, Yeah, it, it reminded me so much of the Bengals' offensive line in last year's playoffs. And I don't mean that to say that this offense is going to stink now. Um, but because Burrow's better. Burrow's better at making these pressures not become sacks, and you've got better – I think Jamar Chase is better this year than he was last year. I think T. Higgins is better, is a better player, and Hayden Hurst can stress the defense vertically more than C.J. Uzama was able to. So you have reason, and the, the offense is also better coached. I think this is a better offense just as a scheme, all these things. Overall, I take this offense well over last year's offense. But the offensive line does remind me a lot of last year's playoff offensive line. And I think you have to do you, you have to take into account this because I've heard some of the players talk about it. They have experience being here before. 
most of the guys in the locker room were here last year. They know what it takes to win the divisional game on the road. They know what it takes to win an AFC championship game on the road. They know what it takes to almost win a Super Bowl. So I do think that that experience is going to be helpful too in these moments, in these really tough environments, what it's going to be like when they play the Bills on Thursday. And we'll get to that later on Thursday's episode when it comes to the preview and prediction. But with this offensive line, I could be completely wrong and they get to practice tomorrow and we'll get more of an update of what that looks like. I don't think Jackson Carmen is going to be their starting left tackle. And, and you and I, we, we talked about it off the air and we pretty much agree. I think you're going to give Isaiah Prince a chance at right tackle. You're going to move Hakeem Adinaji to left tackle. You're going to have Max Sharping out there, uh, Cordell Volson, and then obviously Ted Karras. That's what I'm leaning towards when it comes to what this offensive line is going to look like. What is that going to do for Hakeem moving over to the left side? And how do you feel about Isaiah Prince out there? Yeah, uh, that's what I would do, I think. Uh, uh, but this is a big thing of the Bengals are going to know better than us, I think. We are looking at, I think Adenji can still be the swing tackle even after a bad game. So he can, and what that means though, isn't he's locked in at right tackle. That's he could play right or left, whoever is down. So if they need him to move to the left tackle, I feel pretty comfortable he can move there. And I mean, he played there a lot in the preseason and looked pretty good. So can he flip over to left tackle? And then the other issue is in, in my mind of thinking of how this is going to work is Isaiah Prince. I've really only ever seen him at right tackle. He could play left tackle for all I know. Like he could like in practice, I don't know. He's a practice squad guy right now, but maybe they've been training him up to play left and right. Or maybe when Hakeem's been at right, they've been training up to be a left tackle just in case Jonah gets hurt. Um, so that could happen. It it could be Carmen out there too, though. I, I It's not what I would do, but if you're just looking at the raw evidence we have without trying to guess on anything, Carmen's the guy they brought, they put in there. They didn't activate Prince off of uh, the practice squad for this game. You know, first one off the bench in that game. He's, he was the first one off the bench in the Ravens game before as the extra offensive lineman. So is that, could that happen? Um well, I guess second off the bench because Sharping went in there. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So could it be Carmen? Yeah. I mean, evidence is pointing that it could be Carmen. I think that they're going to roll with Prince because even when you think about when Adenji first got his start, there was the whole controversy. It was, I, I trust Zay. And then there was the whole thing. Reporters are finding out, who's Zay? It's Isaiah. And then Isaiah Prince is going to be the starter. And that was starting to get reported because Burrow let it slip that he's going to be right tackle. And then that didn't happen, and it's been a denigy since then. But if everybody thinks it could have been Isaiah Prince, why wouldn't it also be Isaiah Prince when it's a guy that has really never been a left tackle in the NFL and was not drafted to be a left tackle? I, I've seen some people with the take, he was a second round tackle. It's like he was a guard, and he probably went too high. Well, I, there's somebody in the building who I feel like they're going to listen to besides Frank Pollock, and it's quarterback Joe Burrow. And yeah, it, I, it is really whoever he feels comfortable with, right? I, yeah. I mean, you 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 got to go with. Yes, it did. It it sounds terrible to use last year's Super Bowl as an example because if they would have just had maybe a second longer, they hit the walk off. But I think you're going to talk to him and Joe's. Obviously, he knows Isaiah Prince went to college. They went to the same college together. Um, familiar here since he's been here on the offensive line. He was started in these playoff games last year. So, look. 
we're going to find out more on Wednesday and Thursday what they're really going with when it comes to practice. Zach Taylor is really good about not giving you anything. So maybe we won't know until Sunday at 3 p.m. when they roll their offensive line out. He's pretty quiet about who's going to be start because he, he fooled all of us with the Hakeem Adenogy and Isaiah Prince situation. So, look, we could be wrong, and it could be Jackson Carmen out there. I was a little surprised that he was activated over Prince, but, hey, they're seeing practice. They get to see the reps when they're going against the first teamers and, and guys who have had to step in and Jackson Carmen is one of them. It makes me feel a little better when we talk about the comparisons to the offensive line that they had last year. And I know he can't play all the roles on the offensive line, but I really believe in Ty Harris as your center, not only as your center, but just the guy who's going to lead the guys around him. And he's really going to have to, um, he, you know, was voted captain in the off season and he's just really been a gym in the locker room. So I do believe, you know, Ted's going to be able to help these guys out. It's, it isn't easy to start a new offensive line in the biggest games of the season when it comes to those reps together, the rotation, the communication. So that's still scary. Look, believe me, I would feel a heck of a lot better if Jonah was, Williams was healthy. You could even say Lyle Collins and definitely Alex Kappen was one of the best offensive linemen that they currently have. We don't know when they're going to return, but as of now, Zach Taylor reported on his Monday press conference, they're still week to week. And um, I just, I'd be surprised if they were at practice and we're just hoping for, for good news for the MRI for Jonah Williams and no structural damage. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I want to go to the wide receiver room. I don't want to be this person because I'm very optimistic. I always kind of like to look at the glass half full versus empty. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I know when you're playing the Baltimore Ravens in back-to-back -back weeks, and credit to their defense. We said it on this podcast probably three or four times. This is going to be the best defense you see in the AFC playoffs. And when you see a familiar team and your division rival, it is, it's not going to be easy. But – is it is it underwhelming what's happening with the receivers right now? Are there too many dropped balls? Is you know what's going on? Or and maybe I'm overthinking it a little bit. Uh, I mean, I guess there was a few more drop balls than you'd expect. I think the second half offense was just you know, let's get out of this game, and I think they will. I don't think the offense next week, even though I looked at everything, a 56% quick game and no shots down the field, basically no five-step drops other than the sack. I, I think they are going to find a way to push the ball more than that. Like that was very much, we have the emergency left tackle in with no practice. We can't run the same game plan we had out there. Now that doesn't mean that they're going to get back to a normal amount. It's probably going to be more, ball the ball's going to probably come out quicker than normal and burrow probably can't hold it and try to make something happen as often as he was but uh that second half offense really did kind of screw those guys <laughs> because i i thought boyd was doing pretty well in the first half and then it felt like the second half is just gone because of that and you think about jamar chase was having a, a good game and uh, i think he ended up with a good game to me 93 yards is fine and he had the touchdown but you, you, the slant, the that's the one I keep thinking of is the 
Ravens played, I, I believe, quarters, and the Bengals tried to throw a slant to him on just slant flat concept. Everybody runs it. And the safety just triggers so hard. Marcus Williams lays him lays into him on that play, just like a oh boy. <laughs> like they're gonna sit on our quick game, and that's all we can really do right now. Um, but overall, I guess you could say underwhelming. T to me, it was a little bit of variance. It was the back shoulder ball didn't get completed, and that sucks. The deep ball down the field down the right sideline he gets hit in the face but doesn't come down with it i he's balls that get thrown off the tee are more than a 50 percent chance to get caught in those consensus situations according to uh, i believe his player player profiler he was at 56 percent of contested catch uh contested catch rate so he has a better chance of coming down that when then coming down with that than anybody else that ball's getting thrown to. He just didn't catch them in this game. If he's able to bring down one of those two, you're probably looking at a different game. He didn't have the best game. I thought he looked fine. I don't think he looked bad. He just wasn't able to come down and didn't get the penalty either. He got hit in the face on that uh, pass. So he also made the play out of structure though on the two-point conversion. That was big. So let's remember remember that too uh, because it was important. Um, but yeah, the, I thought, I thought they weren't the best, that it wasn't their best performance and it's back-to-back week of not a great performance. If you think of the Bills game, they were having a really good game, all three of, at, at least Boyd and T. So they were both having uh, a good game to start that one. And Hurst was having a good game. And then the week before that was, uh, the big T Higgins game, the Patriots game. So I, I can't be too hard on these guys. They're going to turn it around. I don't think that the bills are going to shut them down or anything. I think not going to give any predictions, but I, I think the offense will manage. Uh, doesn't mean they're going to win or lose. <laughs> we'll get to that on Thursday, Friday's pod. Uh, but I think the offense will be able to manage. I think we'll get the ball, these wide receivers and these wide receivers are really talented. I don't expect them to keep having, uh, like below 50 yard type games. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, it's just when you have guys like this, you, I'd, I'd say you have two number one receivers and, and T Higgins and Jamar Chase. And then you have a guy like Tyler Boyd and even Hayden Hurst made a mistake out there when, when he lost the ball. So I don't know. I, and I could just be, you're playing this team back to back weeks and you can't, you couldn't get the ball down the field. So that could look different when you play the Buffalo bills, but yeah, it's just, it's, I'm just we're spoiled. We're spoiled in Cincinnati with these playmakers. And I was just like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe it was just because of the, possessions of what you're dealing with and and you know in the second half all they needed was one more scoring drive it could have been a field goal or touchdown where they were going to put it away and the game was going to be over because they were going to try and let Tyler Huntley come down the field after that um the the fumble and everything when when Sam Hubbard scored I truly did feel like the game was over even though there was 11 minutes momentum just that was <laughs> I mean, the, what? the balloon was filled with air ready to take off and that was just a pin just <laughs> like how you, you drove all the way down the field with your backup quarterback just to give up a touchdown the other way like that is so hard to overcome and then they they just they're getting sacked they're running the ball on second and 20 it just felt like such a air the wind came out of their sails that last drive they had good field position because of the 
deck to hold penalties. Please don't do this this week. Uh, I don't know what happened. But, um, yeah, that, that was, to me, that was almost one of the biggest proponents of momentum that I've seen to drive all the way down. Everybody on that Ravens offense seemed to be just deflated about what happened, just like just devastated about that. And the Bengals defense started playing with a, playing a little extra swagger, playing a little extra, yeah. you know, like, yeah, we could stop you guys. That was, that was almost one of their first big stops uh, in the games because the Ravens offense was able to move the ball a bit early on. So, yeah, when I, when, uh, when that happened, I was like, yeah, that's, this is, uh, I know the, the analytics people say momentum doesn't exist because you can't quantify it, but this was kind of one of those like, eh, kind of does though right <laughs> to be completely honest with you i'm glad they didn't do it but i was a little surprised they didn't put jk dobbins out there yeah he's surprised about that yeah well he was he was just to talk about that lock in the locker room comments i feel so bad for huntley that all these guys go yeah we win with lamar if that bum wasn't <laughs> Hey, give him some credit. He played all right. It was the one mess up. Well, Tyler Huntley had better numbers than the last time they saw Lamar Jackson. So I'm I'm just saying, like, I thought the same exact thing when the game was over. I, I thought, you know, Tyler Huntley did a good job out there. And that's a tough defense when the Bengals – and credit to Baltimore's defense. But, man, his team just threw him under the bus. He caught so many straight bullets. And from the coach, too. He's like, I had to tell him to go over the top. It's like, oh, goodness. Just I – mean, it, it, the, alone. the sad thing about it, because when you watch the replay of, of the touchdown, you do see Tyler Huntley do the touchdown because he thought he was over the line. Oh, was, and that's so too, sad. He was two feet away, though. That's so sad. <laughs> he looks over and he goes, and then the camera rolls over to the celebration. I'm twice. Like, he actually did it twice. He was doing this, and then it cut away. Then it came back. He was like, looking left and right. Like, I scored, guys. <laughs> didn't see the replay and then and the best thing is sam hubbard was mic'd up he's on nfl film some of the cuts routes name when he gets over to the sidelines he's like you can't catch me you can't catch me and he's like oh man i thought he was gonna get me uh but i'm so glad here's one thing i'm really happy about on that return is the replay of it you keep seeing it even um dean blandino or whatever he he spoke up on twitter and said that was not, not an illegal yes and i'm so glad that didn't happen because you don't want to hear that you know yep. when you start in the front I mean, these guys are running like 18 miles per hour, like sprinting downfield. You start in the front and the guy's just a little bit faster than you. Now it's a block in the back. Like, no, I mean, like, come on, guys. It's yeah. he start the block initiates. I believe he even has his hand on the front, not even on the side. He gets his helmet and hand on the front of Andrews, but Andrews is just a faster player. So by the end of the block, hands on the back and he's kind of pushing him over that way, but not a block in the back. It's all about where it starts. If Andrews got past him and then he pushed him in the back to push him over, that's a block in the back. But it's about where it starts. It's not about, you know, it, this is another instance. And this is just a pet peeve of mine. I think people read rule names and they just think they're an expert. Holding, yeah. Well, that's when the offensive line grabs, you know, like block in the back. Well, that's clearly when the offensive line pushes the guy from the back, right? Any instance of the guy pushing from the no, it, it's not it. It's just, uh, man, well, it's my, it's close. Like, that's the idea, but that's not the rule. Well, my favorite thing is because the Bengals put up their screenshots of it, and Marcus Bailey just puts his hands up as soon as uh, Andrews falls on the ground. Like, I I just push him on it. Like, I did not do it in the back. That's a special but, teamer. That's, yeah. that's a special teamer. They all do that. All those special teams guys are always, oh, I didn't touch him. <laughs> Credit to Marcus Bailey. There were so many people on that from Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. 
you could say DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard, Marcus Bailey, just your whole defense coming together to make a play is absolutely it's insane. And I did hear a little bit of Dan Horde's call and he and he said he like teased it up before that play happened. And he was like, Well, they stopped him at the goal line before. And I'm like, whoa, what a what a turnaround. So no, that play is it's still amazing. I have to watch it every day with the Titanic music because it is an added bonus if you're not listening to Mike Tarico's call. Uh, but I want to get to the defensive side. Speaking of the defense next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.